jump into the Word of God tonight. Come on, you excited to be in the house of God tonight? That's so good. Listen, well, I'm excited because it's going to be such an awesome night. I want to remind you, unless your name is Bernie Sanders, let's get involved in it. All right, none of this, like, up in here, okay? Unless you're Bernie Sanders, that's fine too, okay? Amen? Yeah. Are you cool with that? Yeah. Awesome. Listen, we are in week four of a series we're calling The Anatomy of, help me, Righteousness. That's so good. The Anatomy of Righteousness. We're taking the month of January to uh, not just check the things that we can see with our eyes or feel with our hands and to make sure you know our budgets are in order and all you know our health is good but to take a minute and not to forget about our spiritual strength right remembering that it is the condition of our heart it's the state of our soul that affects every action that we'll ever do with our hands and so for the first four weeks of this year sort of combined with this 21 days of prayer it's really our goal as a church is to say, how is my heart? How's my relationship with Jesus? How, what's the strength? What makes up a person who has been made righteous, right? It's not righteousness of, you know, what you've got to look like to be righteous, right? We know that through Jesus, we are already made righteous, right? So what does a person who has been made righteous... And that word righteous, just so you know, it's just another, you know when you have a fight with a friend, maybe, and, and I don't know who you should talk to, you have a fight with a friend, and then like a few days go past, and you sort of like, are we okay? Like, and you go to them, and you're like, are we, are we cool? Right? Are we okay? And then they say, yeah, we're cool. That righteousness just basically means right standing with God. In other words, you say to God, God, are we cool? And God says, because of my son. We're cool, okay? So that's righteousness. Not because of anything we've done, but the, the goodness of Jesus has imparted into us his righteousness. He took our shame, right? He took our hurt, our sin, mistakes, and we received Jesus' perfection on the cross when we said yes to him. Amen? So the anatomy of righteousness. What makes up a person who's been made righteous? And I really hope that you've been taking and applying and you've been reading and taking that extra time to really... Do that heart check on yourself and to realize how am I operating from a good place or from an unhealthy place? Yeah. Um, because that's going to set us up for the year. Um, so we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer and we're excited about that. So I thought, let's, uh, let's take a minute and talk about prayer. Okay, We're not actually halfway through. We're one third of the way through of 21 days of prayer. And it's been amazing. Um, but I want to talk about a prayer. And at the very end, this is what we're going to do just from the start. At the end, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to create an opportunity, a moment for breakthrough to happen in people's lives. Yeah. So towards the end of this message, uh, we're going to be worshiping stuff, but at, there's going to come a point where I'm going to say and give the offer, if anyone has um, a breakthrough that they need in their life, there, there's, there's something that, God, you, God, you've got to come through for me on this. I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, at the end, but I'm telling you now so you can be ready to jump up out of your seat and come down the front because we together, we're going to pray for a miracle. We're going to pray for a breakthrough, okay? Turn to your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter 10. The book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 12. Verse 12, verse 12. We're going to go OT today. OT, Old Testament today, okay? Book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 12. Starts like this, and I'm going to give a bit of context, okay? It says, then he said... 
I'm going to give you some context before I read it. What's just happened is Daniel, he's in, um, his people are in captivity. Okay, they're in captivity to the, the Persian Empire at this point in time. And he is an old man, he's like around his 90s when he writes this letter. And he's been in captivity in um, enslavement since he was a youth, since he was a young person. And so he's been praying, but specifically for the last three weeks from this scripture, he's been praying for a breakthrough for his people. He's been praying and crying out to God. The Bible says mourning, and, and, and that word literally means like that. That morning for his people, crying out, praying for a breakthrough. He's been praying for three weeks for God to do a miracle, for God to deliver his people, for God to, to interrupt the, uh, the, what's been going on and to bring justice and freedom to his people. He's been praying. And then all of a sudden, he's praying and then an angel shows up, okay? Angel, whoo, here he is, and the angel delivers this message. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself, another translation says to turn your heart towards God. Since the moment you turned your heart towards God and humbled yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I've come in answer to your prayer. Next verse. But for 21 days, the spirit of the prince, uh, the, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, blocked. My way. I'll get to this in a second, in case you're like, what? Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Have I got any more? Is that it? Left him there. Yep, that's it, with the kingdom of Persia. And he goes on to answer his prayer and give him some um, insight into what's happening. So what's happening here is this angel showed up to Daniel, right, to give the answer to Daniel's prayers to provide vision for what's to come and things like this. And the scholars, it doesn't say, but the scholars sort of agree that this is the angel Gabriel, right? He is the postman Pat of heaven. He's the messenger angel, same Gabriel that came to give the news about Jesus to Mary. And, and, and Gabriel is on his way, right? He's on his way to tell Daniel, this is what's up. This is what's going to happen. Here's the answer to your prayers. But then Gabriel begins to describe how on his way to tell Daniel the answer to prayer, he gets in a bit of a spiritual battle of warfare with this um, spirit prince. It's a bit of spiritual warfare happening with this uh, demonic force that is covering and blocking the way, right? And so for 21 days, Gabriel says, I'm trying to take out this prince of Persia, right? Not like the... Not the game, okay? Uh, but, you know, the sands of time. It's not that. He's, he's going and he's uh, fighting this Prince of Persia and he can't break through. And then he calls for backup, right? He's like, I need some backup down here. You know, I'm trying to get through this Prince of Persia. Too powerful for me. So he calls in backup, Michael. Now, Michael is like the Arnold Schwarzenegger angel, right? He comes in, bulks up. And at that moment, uh, Gabriel's like, sweet, this is covered. And he skedaddles out of this spiritual warfare battle, okay? And goes to deliver the message to leave Michael with the old Prince of Persia. They're fighting up there and all that stuff. And he delivers the message. The title of this message, okay, that's the context, that's what's happening there. But the title of this message I want to preach to you tonight, that I really believe is a miracle message, and not just another message, but it's a, it's a real opportunity for you. And the, the title of the message is this, write it down, Breaking Point. Breaking Point. And can I encourage you to make sure you take notes in church? I say that because... It's really good, okay? It's important. You don't just hear it and it just exits. So if you've got a notepad, if you've got a pen, you've got an app on your phone, breaking points. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you that you're in this place tonight. Lord, give me what I need 
to preach this message the way you gave it to me. Lord, I pray for every person hearing it that it would fall on good soil, not a hard heart that's rejecting every word you want to say, not a proud heart, Lord, not a difficult heart, not a bitter heart, but God, I pray it fall on a soft heart tonight, an open heart tonight. Lord God, a heart that knows it needs you, Jesus. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. One thing I'm really scared of, and it's pretty irrational, we all have irrational fears. One thing I'm kind of scared of is um, when I'm filling my tyres up uh, at the service station, filling it up too much and it bursting in my face and killing me. Kieran died by burst tyre. Okay. I don't know if that's possible. Car people, is that possible? Harrison's like, no, it's not possible. Good. But I have this scary vision that one day I'm going to just be applying too much pressure in there and it's going to go, go, go until it just pops and bangs and blows my face away. And the point, the, the idea, the, the fear about that is there comes a point where there is too much pressure and, and whatever is being applied, the pressure or the tension, there's a breaking point. Everything has a breaking point. Uh, one time I was watching Peter chop down a tree and uh, it was a really big tree and, and I'd go out there because I want to see the tree fall, right? Massive tree, that's cool. So I'd, he's out there for like an hour, like chopping away and like hitting it and measuring things and I don't know what he's doing out there, some sort of witchcraft and he's measuring, chopping and I go out and check, no, tree's still there, go back inside, eat some food, go back out, tree's still there, oh, okay, not good. So I go back in there, one day finally he's going, he's hitting and he's doing this and cutting it here and there and all over like a surgeon and, and all of a sudden there comes a moment where the next hit or the next cut causes the breaking point and the tree falls to the ground. I want to tell you tonight is that prayer puts pressure on problems. That prayer puts pressure, applies pressure to problem. In other words, every barrier you face has a breaking point tonight. And that's good news. More people should be excited about that, Yusuf, because that means that everything against you, everything that would stand in your way, every single thing that you have fear about has a breaking point. And prayer is the tool that puts pressure on the problem. And we serve a God who applies pressure when we pray, all right? There is a pressure coming. And so I, I like this scripture here. It says it in our James chapter 5, and verse 16. It says, the prayer of a righteous person, the anatomy of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I want to tell you that our prayers, your prayers tonight, they are powerful and effective. Yeah. They are powerful and effective. Yeah. Your prayers are powerful and effective. Now, your prayers aren't powerful because of how awesome your actions are, right? Because you squinted your eyes super hard while you prayed and now they're powerful prayers. Or because you shouted really loud, now your prayers are powerful. Your prayers aren't powerful because of your actions, right? They are powerful because of Jesus' authority. When we pray in Jesus' name, that's how he commanded, taught us to pray. When you pray, pray in my name, Jesus said. One time I went to a conference with Essie and I was just volunteering and I, I, I didn't even have a ticket, right? I didn't have a ticket or anything. I was just there. Um, and then I was volunteering with Essie, but Essie happened to be pretty much one of two people running the conference. So she was sort of in charge of everything. And, and I would show up, no ticket, no invitation, like, you know, it shouldn't be there. But I show up and, uh, and I'm there and, and then all of a sudden I start hanging with Essie and she starts giving me jobs and she starts giving me some of her authority, right? 
And now all of a sudden, uh, there are areas within the conference that I can go into, and, and I'll roll in there and be like, oh, this is the green room, right? And there's all the snacks are in there, and all the good stuff, all the cool people you want to talk to in there, and the door's there, and the, the bouncer, there's no bouncer, it's church conference, but, you know, they're like, you know, and, I, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to duck in there, like, oh, I'm like, oh, Essie told me. In the name of Essie, move out of the way, right? And I've got to go in there and eat the snacks and talk to the, this guy, the profile speaker and all of that. And, and then, you know, like I get to go backstage and they're like, hey, are you helping me? I'm like, oh, Essie, just, you know, Essie? Yeah, Essie asked me to come with me. In the name of Essie, be out of my way. Uh, and, and I realized that I was operating. I was able to move freely with all an all-access pass. Hello last week, that message. Because not of my identity, not because of who I am or my authority, but because I invoked the name of one who was greater than I. And it's the same with our prayer life, right? We pray in the name of Jesus, move. Because Jesus has all authority. Right before he left this earth and went to heaven, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So now you go... And do what you've got to do because you've got my authority. And Jesus says, pray in my name. Our prayers are powerful. Come on, they're like a sucker punch to the enemy when you pray in Jesus' name. It's like when you're in Mario Kart and you're just driving along and you go over the jump, but the jump's just not any ordinary jump. It's got the super boost thing on there and you get an epic launch. That's Jesus' name. You can go farther. Our prayers are powerful. I've made illustrations just reaching everybody. Our prayers are powerful. Our prayers are powerful. They're not just powerful, they're effective. Any time management gurus in here, you're like, I've got to adjust my workflow so my morning routine is on point. Yeah. Right? Efficiency, 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 right? You say that three times, it's not efficient. Our prayers aren't just powerful, they're effective. Yeah. They get stuff done. And a lot of times, us like productive people, and I'm one of them, we forget to pray because we're like, it's a waste of my time. Right? We wouldn't say that out loud. But I'm going to pray about it, but, but I'd rather just do something. I'm not going to pray about it. I'm just going to go do it. Like efficient. I'm going to make it happen. Efficient and planning and planning and planning. But we know, we've got to realize we've got to pray before we plan. We've got to realize that our prayers are both powerful and effective Prayer is one of the most effective things you can do. And oftentimes it's the last thing we try. Yeah. It's our last resort. It's all going wrong. I messed up. God, I need your help. Pay this Make it happen, God. Yeah. Heal this thing. But we don't realize that's our last resort when God says prayer should be your first response. It shouldn't be the last thing you try. It shouldn't be the last little nugget on the end. No, God, I want to pray first. Someone say pray first. They're effective. One of my favorite quotes around prayer is comes from the book of James, just a few verses earlier from this prayer's righteous and powerful person. That was all wrong. James says a few minutes earlier in the book, he says, You do not have because you do not ask God. <coughs> you do not have, oh, sorry, yeah, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Oh, but God knows what I need. Yeah. Right? Yeah, God, no, you know, you know, it's all going to like work out, you know, because all things work together for the good for those who love Him. So it's all good. I'll just—it's going to happen. God knows when I need, when I'm going to need it, and it's just going to happen. Actually, the Bible says you don't have what you need, you don't have what you want because you haven't asked for it. One of my favorite quotes on prayer is that prayer causes something to happen. 
That wouldn't have happened if you didn't pray. You've got to realise this, that our prayers are powerful and effective. So pray. Okay, Kieran, that's great. But I did, and nothing happened. Right? Kieran, if my prayers are so powerful and they're so effective, why haven't I seen my miracle yet? Why haven't I seen the healing yet? Why haven't I seen that person come back to Jesus yet? Why am I not married yet? Why is my wife not fixed yet? <laughs> I've been praying and fasting. <laughs> not me. It's for you. <laughs> if my prayers are powerful, it must be someone else's prayer. It must be the pastor's prayer. It must be the prayer warrior's prayer. It must be Pastor Julie's prayers. They're the powerful and effective ones. So why do they not get answered? And this is real stuff, right? Because we Christians, we're like, we just talk about, yeah, prayer's about, it's good, but then we don't ever talk about how it doesn't happen and what to do then. Well, we'll talk about it. Our prayers are powerful and effective. I think about Daniel in the scripture. He'd been praying not only his whole life, But this last three weeks, these last 21 days, he'd been praying hardcore. He'd been laying it all out before God, saying, God, I need you to come through. God, I need a miracle. And it's not even just for me, my own selfish needs. This is for your people. God, I need a miracle. And Daniel must have felt this way. God, why are you not answering? Why is this not happening? been crying out for God and for three weeks there's nothing for three weeks there's no word there's no answer there's no angel there's nothing Grace actually if you join me and then Ben can jump up after for three weeks nothing's happening I think we've got to be careful as Christians not to equate God's silence with his separation not to not to not to marry together the lack of action with his absence. Yeah. 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 Because when we do that, when we say, God, well, I'm not hearing from you. I'm not seeing your hand move in my life. And we begin to say, well, you're not there. You're not hearing me. Can I encourage you tonight? If you've ever had that thought, if you've ever had that moment where you God, do you hear me? Are you hearing this? Do you hear me? I want to encourage you tonight that he hears that he heard. Before the prayer even left your lips, they were in his ear. He heard the cry of your heart in the middle of the night. He saw the tear that came from the eye. He, he heard the whisper in your heart before it even left your mouth. He heard and he hears. And he's not absent. And he's not not doing something. Because from the moment that he heard the cry of your heart, the moment he heard your prayer, he got to work. From the moment that he heard the cry, as the moment that he saw the tear, the moment it happened, he got to work. He is working. He is working. God is working. I want you to leave tonight with the encouragement to know that God is working. And that he's moving. One of the most biggest songs of last year was even when I don't see it 
You're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop. God, you never stop. It doesn't take a holiday. doesn't take a break. He doesn't just operate on Sunday evenings. He never stops working. He never stops listening. The scriptures tell us that he collects our prayers like they, that our prayers go up to heaven like an incense, right? Like a, a perfume, like a fragrance to God. And the Bible says that they are collected in bowls in heaven. It's a weird picture. Mine's probably a stinky bowl, brown breath. But, but the Bible says that they're filling up with bowls. And can I encourage you? He hears and he sees. And not only that, but pressure is building. Pressure is building. Your prayers put pressure on your problem. And every barrier has a breaking point. I'm talking about every barrier has a, bar- has, has a breaking point in your life. Ben can join me. As I finish up tonight, and we just go into a moment, because he can preach about this, but I want us to experience it. Like, I want God to do a miracle, because I, I just got words, right? And they're, they're not very good. I get mixed up. And, but I don't want to be like Paul, where it says it wasn't with nice words or eloquent speech, but it was about the power of God that caused transformation in your life. But our prayers are powerful, effective, and he heard. And I want to encourage you, if you've been praying for something, you've been praying and praying for something, a miracle, a breakthrough in your life, in any area, the Bible says that from the moment you prayed it, he heard. In that first scripture, it says in Daniel, he says, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray and you set your heart towards me, your requests have been heard in heaven. Pressure is building. The last scripture I want to look at is in the book of Acts, and it says in Acts 12, 5, Peter, the apostle, is in prison. And he'd been in prison for some time now, and he's in prison. And then the next few words, my spirit just gets excited every time I read it. But the church. Church is powerful. But the church was earnestly praying for him. That word earnestly in the Greek, it comes from a word that is literally translated stretching or pulling, like an outstretch, a stretching out. The, the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So Peter is in prison. Peter is there and, his, and the church is in another house and they are praying. And they're earnestly praying, right? They're not just like, well, Jesus, we thank you that you're, you know, that you're in control and you made the bars on the prison door and we just pray and we just know that you're going to do... That's not earnestly praying, okay? Now, he hears every prayer. But I'm talking about the breakthrough kind of prayer. I'm talking about the prayer that don't just move you, but move God. The church was earnestly praying. Like, this is the type of prayer... Earnestly, they're stretching their heart out before God. They're stretching out and they're saying, God, we need a miracle. God, our pastor is in jail. God, they're going to kill him. God, there's nothing else we can't play the jail There's nothing we can do. God, we're crying out to you tonight that you would do a miracle, that you would break open the prison doors. 
God, we're stretching our hearts out towards you. God, we need you to move. God, we need a miracle. And the church begins to pray earnestly, fervently, fervent prayer, fire prayer, believing that God is stretching every barrier. Every problem has a breaking point. Every barrier comes a moment as it's stretched out. There is a breakthrough on the way. Every barrier has a breaking point. And I thought, how can I illustrate this? And I thought, this might be a cool way. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to worship this in just a second. There's a breakthrough coming in your life. There's a breakthrough. 